0: But um, welcome back to another episode where we don't just talk about Dobermans and I'm giving that disclaimer just in case this is the first episode that you're listening to and I want to manage expectations. We will not be just discussing Dobermans this entire episode, but we will talk about animals and how we're connected with those animals because that's what this podcast is about. And our three Dobermans. But um, today we're going to be reading from the book, The Medicine Bag, Shamanic Rituals and Ceremonies for Personal Transformation by Don Jose Ruiz. Um, I purchased this book in Chicago a few months ago from the Silver Room in Hyde Park. And I was really intrigued because I knew I had seen the name Don Miguel Ruiz, and I had seen it, but I had seen Don Miguel Ruiz, and that is his father. His father is the author of a very popular book, um, a New York Times bestseller called The Four Agreements. Now, I don't think I've ever read the full book, but I've certainly run across quotes from The Four Agreements on Instagram. Um, I feel like I've even read up on each of the principles just separately, But I can't say that I've read the entire book. but what i what I do remember is that I felt that whoever wrote the four agreements was a very wise person, and um, I felt really connected with the information that he presented. I just never had the time to read the, the full book. So anyway, this book is by his son, Don Jose Ruiz. And Don Jose is a shaman, just like his dad, Don Miguel, who was also a shaman, So at the beginning of this book, The Medicine Bag, Don Jose describes how he became a shaman and his relationship with um, Toltec practices or Toltec wisdom. I'll get into that later, explain what that is. But um, we're not going to focus there. We're going to go ahead and jump to chapter four, which is about animal wisdom. All right. So let me back up just a little bit. So I found this chapter in the medicine bag about animal wisdom. And I was like, this is dope. I definitely want to talk about it or discuss it on the, on the show. And there were several paragraphs that referred to Toltec wisdom. So I was like, you know what, I don't even know what that is. So um, I looked up Toltec. And when I Google search Toltec, this blog came up and it's a Don Miguel Ruiz blog, but it is not written by him It's written by Barbara Emery's. Okay. So seeing that made me do a little bit more research. Like why is the Don Miguel Ruiz blog being written by this woman, Barbara Emery's. So I looked up, I looked it up on chat GPT and I said, how's Barbara Emery's connected to Don Miguel Ruiz? And this is what chat told me. So it says that she's connected to Don Miguel through her collaboration with him on a book project. Don Miguel is a Mexican author and spiritual teacher known for his books on Toltic wisdom, including the four agreements. Um, Barbara Emery's work with Don Miguel on a book called The Toltec Art of Life and Death, which was published in 2015. In the totic art of life and death, Barbara Emery's collaborated with Don Miguel Ruiz to tell the story of his near-death experience and the profound insights he gained from it, where he assisted in writing and shaping the content of the book. This collaboration allowed Don Miguel to share his unique perspective and teachings with a broader audience. Okay, so in the blog, this is m- MiguelRuiz.com blog, um, The title is Toltec Wisdom for the Times, and it says, a reminder from Barbara Emery's, the word Toltec, as you've probably learned by now, means artist. The ancient Toltecs were artisans in the practical sense, but the word also had philosophical implications, and it still does. The good Toltec strives to be the artist of his own dream and his own destiny. But what actually defines an artist, any kind of artist, Well, here are a few tips. An artist has an eye for beauty. An artist looks for wonder everywhere in the physical world and in the virtual world. An artist has vision, the ability to see what isn't readily seen by others. An artist is able to express that vision and share it with the rest of humanity. An artist is willing to surrender to life's creative force to be thoughtless and in love. All right, so there's more to the blog, but I'm not going to go into it. Um, Okay, so I feel like this is going to be a deep dive, this episode, Um, because when I read the blog, this is after reading the book, which like just really resonated with me today. When I read the blog and I saw the words, strives to be the artist of his own dream and his own destiny, I was blown away and the reason being is that Damien and I went to see Dave Chappelle a few days ago. He was playing at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. This is in October 2023. And um he talked about being a part of others' of, of other people's dreams and the responsibility one has to remember and always consider that just like you're living out your dreams while you're living out your dream. You are a part of someone else's dream. Mm -hmm. And he said, like, I'm a part of some people's dream right now by being here doing this set at the state farm arena in Atlanta on Halloween night. Like this is like, I'm a part of somebody's dream and when he said that, it really resonated with, you know, me and Damien because it's true. You know, it is a part of our dream um, to be seeing Dave Chappelle. We were in a suite at that is was provided by my husband's job. It's like a perk of his job, of Damien's job. We are in a suite, seeing Dave Chappelle on Halloween night. Kevin Hart also came out. Like it was really a night that we will probably never forget in our lives. So for him to say that, it just was like, wow, like, mind blown. Now, Damien, I'm gonna let you comment on that, but I don't want to go too deep into it before we get into the actual mm-hmm. topic today. But yeah. I just wanted to give a little bit of that context. But you look like you got something to say.
1: I mean, it was just, it was a situ- It was a, it was an opportunity for us to see somebody who. Is a um, master, a legend mm. in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, has shown his ability to make people laugh in several different ways. Has broken it down. Has explained it. Has made it a part of his show. And just living in being somebody's dream. It just it, it just shows how a person who can put their mind to it and Mm. put their all in their grind into something that they love and make something of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, on the way home, we was talking about it and he had talked about that. And now keep in mind a little bit older. So I was like, I don't know, 16, 17 when Dave Chappelle was on Def jam when Martin, and this was like 92, 93. And I saw the young Dave Chappelle, the hungry, Dave Chappelle, and I thought he's not hungry now, but I feel like he's still hungry. Young.
0: But I feel like he's hungry in the sense that he is out here grinding and like living in his truth and right. demanding and, what he is old, um, like and and not compromising in any, any way. You know, so I feel I still feel like he's hungry, but I, right. I know what you're saying, just in a different just, way. Yeah, like I mean he's it's already developed. successful. Yes. Yeah. He yes, he's successful. You know, but he still has that drive that is just like, man, it's phenomenal.
1: But just think how many hours. It takes 10,000 hours to become a master at anything. It takes 10,000 hours of dedication to a craft to be a master at anything. Mm-hmm. And he's, I don't, I don't know. Oh, he's,
0: do. a, he's a he's Times
1: 10 of that. You know, yeah. that's right. So it's just like, he's, he's a guru. And, um, but just to see him grow the way he has, the way he's his skills developed and how he's just a legend at the game. It was a privilege to be in the same arena as him. Yes. Um, I'm mad that I wasn't as excited about going as I realized when I got there, Mm. you know? um, But
0: sometimes that's like a a pleasant
1: surprise. It was right. You like, yeah. And then not only that, but then to be surprised by him being brought on stage by Kevin Hart and he we did not know that Kevin Hart was about to be a and part of that And he's one show. of our
0: favorites as well. Like, we're huge fans of comedy. Like, huge, 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 huge. We've mentioned folks on this podcast. Like, we've mentioned comedians. Huge fans. Um, and Kevin Hart is one of our favorites. And he came out first. Before Dave Chappelle. He opened for him. And made us laugh until we cried.
1: Literally. Like. I don't even like that word, but literally. Yes. yes. Made us laugh until we cried cuz it was like
0: tears streaming down our faces.
1: A 20 to 30 minute set that was just laughing from the first second to the last. It was ridiculous. Um so yeah, it was definitely a privilege. It was definitely a privilege. It's something that um yeah, I just feels it feels it feels special to be in a show like that, and the fact that they locked our phones up so we couldn't take any videos, no pictures, no nothing. Yeah. But when I say that it was an experience that i you I'll just never have, forget, it's
0: just we just have to remember it. We, just, we, we yeah. can't revisit it nope. in any other way besides in our minds.
1: Unless he comes out with a special on Netflix, which I hope he does. And, but and even may. still,
0: it's not capturing like exactly what we were experiencing no. in that that moment no. and where we were and what we were seeing and what we were feeling. But um I think that there's something special about that because it's rare that we're in situations where, or even have opportunities rather, to just be in the moment and enjoy being in the moment and not have our phones out and not be recording and not be trying to trying to get the best photo or mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so yeah, it and was, you'll
1: never forget the day because it happened on Halloween in 2023.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it was it was pretty fantastic. Yeah, so. So when I ran across this definition of the word Toltic in this blog, I was just, you know, I really felt like there was a message, a message there for us and um, that I had made the right choice by choosing this excerpt for today's episode.
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing before you get started is the fact that Toltec is means, you know, living, in, living in peace. You know, it's a, it's a way of taking all your childhood, you know, I don't know what you call it, bringing, bring, in, bring and you, while you were brought up as a child, all the habits that you created and limitations you put on yourself and being able to rid yourself of that and live your life in peace yeah. and, and be successful and be Yeah, and see the beauty in things and
0: see the wonder and, and have a vision, even when things don't go well and you feel discouraged to be able to express it. I feel like that's what we're doing right now with this podcast, like. You know, it reminds me of Solange. She talks about, I saw things I imagined and I was so mad. In and in one of our episodes, we talked about that. We talked about witches mm-hmm. and I forgot to bring up Solange because to me, Solange is like one of the, the witchy people. But anyway, she talks about seeing things that she imagined. And it's a sitting here being able to record this podcast that I feel really good about, that we feel really good about. Um, it's like a I saw things, I imagine type moment.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of people can confuse this as a religion. It's not a religion, but it does follow a lot of the spiritual masters' philosophies. And it kind of combines them together, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of the same philosophies of all the spiritual masters. That's what this. shamanism is. Yeah, well, okay. Toltec. Oh, Toltec. Yeah, Tult- Toltec. You know, it's not a religion. That's mm. but it's um, all spiritual being, all spiritual leaders, you know, believe in living in peace. and living in peace, mm. you it's know? like a Toltec principle, right? And they have all their similar, the philosophy and the goal is similar, but their approach to it may be a little bit different, but you're all aiming at the same goal is to live in peace. So Taltic is like a combination of these spiritual leaders over time in the past, present, mm. and their, all the, their approach is to live in peace. Oh, wow.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I yeah. wish I would have found this sooner because that that's all I want, you know, just to, to live in peace. You
1: know, sometimes you live in a, you live in a, to me, we're living in it. We've been living in it, and we just didn't have a label on it. Now we do.
0: That's true. That's true. You mean like we've been living our lives in, in, in a a, like a toltec manner. manner. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. I agree. We need to learn more about it. Well, we're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so in the book, The Medicine Bag, we, we've skipped to chapter four, and it's about animal wisdom. And I'm going to start kind of like mid chapter um, on this point that really stood out to me and go from there. So he says, whenever the shamans in my family notice themselves or someone else getting caught in the nightmare of the storytelling mind, which I'm I'm, going to kind of explain it here. It's like the delusional mind or a mind where you're just not telling yourself to the truth or you're not being honest with yourself or with people around you. Um, They will point to the animals for guidance about living free in the present moment. The shamans understood that life only exists in the present moment. The mind's addiction to suffering very often pulls us out of the present moment to seek peace in the future. As when we think we will be happy only when we acquire this or achieve that. The irony is that this very act of seeking peace prevents us from finding it. The only place where peace truly exists is in the here and now. One of the greatest lessons we can learn from our fellow animal beings is this importance of living in the present moment. The idea that we can learn from animals is contrary to other spiritual and cultural worldviews, especially those that propose a dualistic split in human nature. They posit that there is a spiritual and material r- world, and within human beings, there likewise is a spiritual side and a physical side to our lives. From this pers- perspective, the spiritual side is described as higher, and the material world or physical side is equated with the body and is often designated as lower. In many traditions, this lower aspect of life is called the animal side of humanity. Or, yeah, and we've heard that like primal. Mm-hmm. Implicit in this idea is that animals and animal traits are inherently less than, while human beings are superior. Some traditions have gone further and declared that animals were created to be in service to us, the land sits waiting to be claimed by humans and that the whole natural world exists for our pleasure and profit. The Toltec tradition embraces a totally different worldview. We don't split the material in the spiritual world. Why would we? The Toltec tradition teaches that animals are our brothers and sisters on this planet. And we have much to learn from them. Learning from the animal world begins by noticing any of our own beliefs about being superior to animals. Certainly, there are differences between us and animals, and the thinking mind has given us immense gifts of communication and creation. But in order to awaken fully to the dream of the planet and our part in it, we must understand ourselves within nature and the animal world. We are part of a larger whole, not rulers over some imaginary natural natural kingdom. The moment we stop seeing ourselves as superior to animals is the moment we open ourselves to learn from them. For instance, think about a dog. What can you learn from this beautiful creature? In addition to the great lesson of living in the present moment, the dog offers gifts of loyalty and enthusiasm, as well as the importance of incorporating play and rest into every day. There are valuable lessons for us in these traits. What's interesting about this is that I grew up in a household, as I'm sure many um, people did, particularly black people, um, where animals were seen as like nothing. They were seen as very low beings. And this was based on the teachings of the Bible in my home. My mother would refer to scripture all the time. I can't tell you what those scriptures are that says that basically we were put on this earth to have dominion over the animals. I, on the other hand, always had like a, a connection with animals and I would get in a lot of trouble actually for the way that I would react to different things that were happening with our animals because it was kind of seen as as silly or foolish for me to feel sad And or like be really upset when something was going on with our dog or our cat or any other animal that we had. Hearing this makes me feel like I'm hearing the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth as I see it. You know, the truth that resonates with me in this point of view. And I've never heard it put that way. And I didn't realize that there was a whole tradition or a, a you know a, not a religion but a spiritual p- practice that felt the same way um so it, it's just kind of interesting to run across that
1: yeah um it is interesting there was one part that it was saying that as was mentioned earlier humans have a mind that is constantly dreaming and for those who live their lives unconsciously, the mind overflows with regrets of the past, fear of the future, or negative judgments of the present. Mm. So, let me break that down real quick. And this is how I interpret it. So, regret from the past, stress on the brain because you're regretting mm-hmm. mistakes or whatever happened to you in the past. Uh, Things past that you've life. already done right. and
0: there's nothing you can do no change. About,
1: about it. Fear of the future, mm-hmm. meaning you're scared of something that you don't even know what is going to happen. Mm. And then negative judgments of the present. Mm. So the negative judgment leads to the regret of the past. Mm. The sentence I just read is in the past. If I have a negative feeling about what I just said, mm. that's going to stress me out. And that just a, it's just a path. It's like driving a car endlessly, mm. just driving at 80, 60, 70 miles an hour, but you ain't going nowhere. Mm. Just traveling backwards in life. You regret everything that happened to you in the past. Where you are you, right now is and not and enough. A negative judgment of what's going on right now, yeah. which leads to that that path of regret. And it's just nonstop. Yeah. It's nonstop. That's interesting because you compare it to, to, to animals, to domestic animals, dogs, pets, whatever. And, (laughs) you know, they don't, to, to me, they approach life in a way of, they are happy in their present. They're happy right now. You know, a dog's one day for humans is seven days for animals. They're happy living right now. They're mm-hmm. seven days. They're 24 hours. Is they're, they're happy with that.
0: Yeah. Like just like right now, our dogs are all around us in their sleep. And they're not thinking about, man, you know, they've been busy at work all week and we didn't get to spend as much time as we usually get to spend with them. They're like here right now, happy in this present moment. Just this is perfect for them just being around us right now. There's no thinking about the past. There's no, well, what if they leave? You know, they're not pacing around thinking like, Oh, we're nervous because yeah, they're here right now. But what if, and that is the perfection of the animal. So that's why, like when they said um, things that are negative are connected with the animal behavior, Mm -hmm. I've never thought of it that way. And I've even referred to it in that way on Mm. several occasions, like something being primal or like reptilian. And that's to say that their behavior is less important or less evolved than ours. And that's an assumption,
1: right? Why wouldn't you want to live the way that you are supposed to live?
0: Like naturally.
1: Naturally live.
0: Why would that be lower?
1: Why would you get to the point where you live in such an unconscious lifestyle that you are, your brain is so drunk that you don't even know what you're doing is damaging your life. Your life yeah. Because you're trying to move away how you are naturally supposed to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. It doesn't feel right, but. You're just doing it because that's what is expected of you or that's what you thought would happen or whatever is leading you to a certain behavior. And a lot of that is ego. And animals are egoless. Mm -hmm. They don't have that. You know, like Bishop, I I always joke about how you, you know, emasculate him. (laughs) I, I always say that and he has the self self-esteem issues because of that. <laughs> I really feel that way because you call him goofy. You call him all types of names and he's just being himself. However, Bishop doesn't try to do anything to impress you. It's just like, he doesn't care. He don't care. He don't care that you think he goofy like, and, and you're saying these things about him. Now one would say, Oh, maybe he doesn't understand. I choose to believe that they do have an understanding. And, and that's—I have no proof of that. That's I think what under, I choose to believe.
1: I think they understand tones, right, in your voice. They don't understand exactly what you're saying. No, no, no. But, but they understand the tone, and that you could. Say but that, that's
0: understanding what you're saying,
1: right? That you're right, exactly. its, yeah. it's putting, you know, thought—not too much thought into it—but you hear it and you recognize it. And but all words are our tones, right? Right. Yep. <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. Right. Just like how it sounds and just like, but that all words are is how they right. sound. The body language, all of that. But I choose to feel like, or I choose to believe that he knows what you're talking about. So, That's so, <laughs> so like today when he was on yummy looking crazy, cause she does this thing with him. I can't even explain it where he likes put, puts his paws on her shoulders and he, make, he like, puts his head down, and he just, like... He loves it so much, like, and they're, she like, hugging. He
1: puts his paws on her shoulders in a slouch position while Yomi slouched down, too, and they're hugging. They're and hugging. And then she put, he puts his head down and puts his head on for her forehead. It yes.
0: Yes, yeah, so they're forehead-to-forehead forehead with his paws on her shoulder, and he just looks pathetic. He does but not
1: look like a big, bad Doberman. Okay? He doesn't. He like
0: looks that. very lovely and loving, but that's how he's feeling in that moment and it doesn't matter if you're watching him it doesn't matter how you feel about it it's just like this is how I feel I love when she does this with me right and he does it every time like he you know you could just feel him just like like it's like perfection to him
1: but it shows too, also how how Dobermans are and it's been, it has been um, written in several books about dogs. They say the Dobermans are very in tune with the human spirit.
0: They do. They do. Like you know, that, that specific breed. I, yes. You know.
1: Yes. Compared and, to other dogs. Right? Yes. Very and
0: I would say compared to the one other dog that we had, Kizzy, who passed away from thyroid cancer um, a few years ago. But I would say compared to them, they do, compared to her, rather, they do feel more tuned in right? than her. Like, just more aware. Um, They say they make really good service dogs for that reason.
1: They were the first dogs to be bred to help um, um, seeing impaired individuals. And and when I was young, I used to see, like, German Shepherds who were seeing eye dogs. Mm -hmm. And before them... You know, Doberman's were bred for that. Wow. They're yeah, now and,
0: you see all types of service dogs. Now you but see them all but, in the but yeah, but that 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 makes sense because they are like just really, really tuned in, right?
1: But it's, a, it's like like you said, it's, dogs live a primitive life.
0: And why they is primitive bad? That's what I was saying, right? Mm-hmm.
1: And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, how much easier would our lives be if we didn't have social media? Some with to say that us growing up in the 90s was a primitive, I air quote, lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to me, it was the best time of my life. I mean, I'm not saying I don't have a good lot of time now, but I'll tell you one thing. I can't wait until January 1st when I take my 30-day break from social media. Yeah, Because I think everybody needs to go back to just living the basic life for a while.
0: Yeah. And you're very like um, perceptive and intuitive and you take on a lot of things emotionally. So you're affected by things that you see at a, at a pretty high level. I'm not quite like that. Well, actually I'm a very selfish Instagram, social media in general user. I just kind of look at my stuff and the people who look at my (laughs) stuff stuff and I don't really get bothered by a whole lot. But you, on the other hand, you start like getting annoyed by it and just really frustrated by it. But I do plan to unplug with you because Mm -hmm. I think it's good because it it may be affecting me in ways that I'm not even realizing because that's the way the tool is designed. Right. It's designed to impact you Mm -hmm. in a way that is imperceptible. So, I mean, hey, I might not be above that. I might be experiencing something that I'm not even realizing.
1: Right. Need a break. Everybody needs a break. Everybody needs to put put it down and live a little bit more of a primitive lifestyle. And <laughs> I say that loosely because not even close to being primitive, but too much information sometimes can be uh, negative for a person. Let's put it like that.
0: One thing that I feel like we have truly learned, and not necessarily from animals, but this is true of animals, and it's true of how we live our lives. Is the importance of incorporating play and rest into every day. Um, I talk to people about this all the time. I talk about it often. Mothers who feel burned out, women who just don't fulfill feel fulfilled in their lives. Just in general, people who don't fulfill fi- people who don't feel for fulfilled. Say that three times fast. People faster. that
1: don't fulfilled. Yes,
0: in their their lives, um, people who have lost themselves, who have aged or appear to have aged a lot quicker than they really are. Um, I feel like it just is all about how you apro- approach life and and being able to have fun and have a good time and and anticipate a good time and fun. It blows my mind how some people step out and it's like, or not even step out like that, like to a club or anything. I mean, just like leave their home to do things and they're critical of it and looking for something to be wrong with it. Like, why are you out? The whole point of being out is to (laughs) (laughs) go home. Like, why would you leave your house and get dressed? In anticipation of something just not turning out well or not being fun. Case in point.
1: I know what you're about to say, too. I know exactly the example you're about to say right now. I know it. The guy in line with us.
0: Oh, my gosh. And this guy was just going on and on and on about why he had to lock up his phone. And Dave Chappelle isn't even that funny. And just on and on and on. And I'm just like, we're standing in this very long line. Because this is State Farm Arena. I don't even know how many people are in State Farm Arena. Like how many you can fit in there. I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a sold out show. But I don't know. Thousands of phones are being locked away. So people are in line. It was a very cold night. Yes, it does get cold in Georgia. It was a very cold night. Um, and I'm also. like, why are you out in the cold standing in line to see a show For somebody you don't even think is that funny. Exactly. Why are you here? Why are you outside? Go home. Like you could have just not got dressed. You could have saved the gas. You could have not paid for parking. Nothing. But it's just like there seems to be some people who anticipate not
1: having a good time. I gave that dude about five seconds of my life. (laughs) And I heard him say something negative, and I just up and just passed him in line and went and locked my phone up and went and enjoyed the best comedy show I have seen in a long, time. In a long time.
0: time. We laughed and laughed and laughed, but, you know, we—,
1: we Such a good I already night. said it was that, a great but, yeah. Night. Great night. It
0: was such a, a, a fantastic night. I had such a good time. I was riding off of those endorphins the full next day. Um, I had to do a presentation at my job on psychological safety— Uh, moderate a panel and I swear the reason that I was able to make it through that panel was because I laughed so much the night before and I was like those endorphins were still in my system but like we want to enjoy life when we drive up to the dog park every single time the dogs are excited like it's the like the first time every time
1: Annoyingly excited. They're not like, oh, no, oh the dog God. park. They're so excited. They're hard to control. They, they're pulling. They're tugging. They running to running. the dog park. Like, we're you here. let them go, and they go nuts. I mean, I'm talking about sprinting.
0: Having so much fun.
1: cross the dog park, barking at other dogs.
0: When they see us, when we walk through the door, when they see us, when we walk through the door, they are happy. Not anticipating, oh, is this person going to be, are are they going to be in a bad mood or whatever? You know, now I get it. Animals don't have that type of sophisticated thought. But who's to say it's unsophisticated? Right. You know, who's, who's to say, like, why aren't we viewing it as they figured it out and we have it? And maybe we need to be more like them. And that's what the Toltic practice teaches or the Toltic approach or whatever it is. Just I'm learning Mm -hmm. about it today, Uh, you know, recently rather. I'm learning about it recently, but like, that's what it, it, it
1: teaches. What makes you happy? Answer the question and do what makes you happy.
0: What makes you fulfilled? What what fulfills
1: your life? What, what? allows you to release positive endorphins in your brain. However else you want to say it. Yeah. Whatever puts a smile on your face. Whatever, you know, you wake up and think about doing that you really want to do throughout the day. Find out what that is and live your life as such. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like we all got jobs we got to do, we got to pay the bills. I get it. You can't always do everything that is going to be that that you want to do. And live this life. I get it. But when you're outside of your eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, whatever you're working, 12 hours a day, you know. Enjoy your
0: life. Enjoy your life. Have a, a good, it, it, no, not even outside of that. Let me, let me, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. Find joy in every single thing that you do. There you go. What's You're going to be at work all day long waiting for the day to be over? Are you kidding me? You're not going to find things about that job that are exciting to you? Right. It, for, why not? Like, who are you hurting? Are you hurting your employer? Or are you hurting yourself?
1: You're only hurting yourself. You're right about that. Because if I think about it after you just said that, it's like, yeah, I, I do work, and you know, all day. And I work very hard. But I got people that I work with that I talk to on a daily basis that... I've created positive relationships with, and that's just because I'm a positive person, and you know people like, tend to like me, and I tend to like people, and yeah, damn, I'm not tends to go that way. I'm not a combative type person. I don't ever approach anybody in, in a combative type way, and in fact, I hate it when people approach me in a combative, combative way because or a negative way because I really don't know what to say to you.
0: Yeah, I'm getting to it's, the age. It's awkward. Like, why are we doing this? What's this energy about?
1: You know, when you're younger, you try to. Entertain people to a point. You try to, you know, rub people the wrong way to a point sometimes prove, on purpose prove or prove somebody or wrong. To, like way. what are
0: you gonna get? At the end of the day, you don't own this place, this ain't even your company. You know, just give people what they want and just move on. Like it's you know? it's not a big deal. Like choose your battles and there should be very few battles. It's like okay, you know, whatever. You and know even
1: and even outside of the job, when you just have friends and family that may say something that is that you may not one hundred percent agree with. Why even take the time? I mean, you can have a friendly conversation with somebody about something, but when it gets to the point where it's just like it's getting too combative or too like, lack of better terms, a pissing contest. Step away.
0: What are you gonna get? What What are are you you getting out out of it? Nothing from that.
1: Nothing. You get nothing out of it, and besides aggravation, and then if you really allow it to bother you, it's something that you talk to with other people that you know creates a negative. Um, cloud over your head Because what are you talking about Something that's you know That you feel is negative You're not getting anything out of it You know it's just like Just live your life And don't worry about What other people are doing And that's what dogs do They live their lives And they don't care What other people are doing
0: They don't They don't care what The other dogs think Or anything <laughs> like that all. It's just like They just they just live And, and I, I definitely think that there's, a, a that. there's a lesson in that
1: There is a lesson in
0: it